Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for April 27th, 2021. A bona fide giant of classical music, composer and pianist Sergei Prokofiev was born on this day in 1891. Born in the eastern Ukraine town of Donetsk, Prokofiev took to music at a very young age, composing his first piece for piano at the age of five and his first opera at age nine. At the age of 14, Prokofiev was taken to St. Petersburg by his mother, where he was introduced to composer Alexander Glazunov, then professor at the St. Petersburg Conservatory, who had asked to see his music. Prokofiev by that time had composed two more operas and was working on his fourth. Glazunov was so impressed that he urged Prokofiev's mother to have her son apply for admission to the conservatory, where he passed the introductory tests and enrolled that year. Several years younger than most of his class, Prokofiev was viewed as eccentric and arrogant and annoyed a number of his classmates by keeping statistics on their errors. As a part of the St. Petersburg music scene, Prokofiev developed a reputation as a musical rebel while getting praise for his original compositions, which he performed himself on the piano. In 1909, he graduated from his class in composition, but with unimpressive marks a result of his dissatisfaction with the education, which he found boring. Prokofiev initially made his name as a composer-pianist, achieving notoriety with a series of difficult works for his instrument, including his first two piano concerti. The second caused a scandal at its 1913 premiere, and the audience reportedly left the hall with exclamations of, The cats on the roof make better music! Soon afterwards, he journeyed to London, where he made contact with impresario Sergei Diaghilev. Diaghilev, who commissioned Prokofiev's first ballet, Shu, or The Buffoon, the original full title being The Tale of the Buffoon Who Outwits Seven Other Buffoons. The ballet's premiere in Paris on the 17th of May of 1921 was a huge success and was openly lauded by an audience that included Jean Cocteau, Igor Stravinsky, and Maurice Ravel. Stravinsky called the ballet the single piece of modern music he could listen to with pleasure, while Ravel called it a work of genius. Prokofiev would go on to a hugely successful and prolific career, writing 138 pieces, which included 14 operas, 9 ballets, 10 symphonies, and 16 orchestral suites. Prokofiev is perhaps best known for his symphonic fairy tale for children, Peter and the Wolf, commissioned by the Central Children's Theater in Moscow. The orchestral suite accompanies the narration of young pioneer Peter, who lives at his grandfather's home in a forest clearing. One day, Peter goes out into the clearing, leaving the garden gate open, and the duck that lives in the yard takes the opportunity to go swimming in a pond nearby and gets into a heated discussion with a bluebird. Peter's pet cat stalks them quietly, and the bird, warned by Peter, flies to safety in a tall tree, while the duck swims to safety into the middle of the pond. Peter's grandfather scolds him for being outside in a meadow alone, but Peter defies him, saying, Boys like me are not afraid of wolves. His grandfather takes him back into the house and locks the gate. 
Soon afterwards, a big gray wolf does indeed come out of the forest. The cat quickly climbs into a tree, but the duck, who has jumped out of the pond, is chased, overtaken, and swallowed by the wolf. Peter fetches a rope and climbs over the garden wall into the tree and asks the bird to fly around the wolf's head to distract it while he lowers a noose and catches the wolf by its tail. The wolf struggles to get free, but Peter ties the rope to a tree and the noose only gets tighter. Some hunters who have been tracking the wolf come out of the forest ready to shoot, but Peter gets them to help him take the wolf to a zoo in a victory parade that includes himself, the bird, the hunters leading the wolf, the cat, and grumpy, grumbling grandfather. In the story's ending, the listener is told, If you listen very carefully, you'll hear the duck quacking inside the wolf's belly, because the wolf, in a hurry, had swallowed her alive. Prokofiev produced detailed performance notes in both English and Russian for Peter and the Wolf. According to the English version, each character of this tale is represented by a corresponding instrument in the orchestra, the bluebird by a flute, the duck by an oboe, the cat by a clarinet playing staccato in a low register, the grandfather by a bassoon, the wolf by three horns, Peter by the string quartet, the shooting of the hunters by the kettle drums and bass drum. Before an orchestral performance, it is desirable to show these instruments to the children and to play on them the corresponding leitmotifs. Thereby, the children learn to distinguish the sonorities of the instruments during the performance of this tale. It's a magical piece, and I hope you take the time to sit and listen to it if you haven't already. And if you have kids, please, make some time for it. Another of my favorites is Prokofiev's score for the cinematic masterpiece Sergei Eisenstein's Alexander Nevsky, the first of Eisenstein's dramatic films to use sound. The creation of Alexander Nevsky was a collaboration in the fullest sense of the word. Some of the film was shot to Prokofiev's music, and some of Prokofiev's music was composed to Eisenstein's footage. Prokofiev viewed the film's rough cut as the first step in composing its inimitable score. The strong and technically innovative collaboration between Eisenstein and Prokofiev in the editing process resulted in a match of music and imagery that remains a standard for filmmakers. Valery Gergiev, the principal conductor of the London Symphony Orchestra, has stated his opinion that Prokofiev's music for this film is the best ever composed for cinema. Today, Prokofiev may well be the most popular composer of 20th century music. His orchestral music alone is played more frequently in the United States than that of any other composer of the last hundred years, save Richard Strauss. While his operas, ballets, chamber works, and piano music appeared regularly throughout major concert halls worldwide. Prokofiev died at the age of 61 on the 5th of March of 1953, the same day as Joseph Stalin. He had lived near Red Square, and for three days the throngs that gathered to mourn Stalin made it impossible to carry Prokofiev's body out of his house for the funeral service at the headquarters of the Soviet Composers' Union. The leading Soviet musical periodical reported Prokofiev's death as a brief item on page 116. The first 115 pages were devoted to the death of Stalin. My personal beliefs about art and the vital role it plays in our shared human experience is summed up by this quote. 
In my view, the composer, just as the poet, the sculptor, or the painter, is, in duty, bound to serve man, the people. He must beautify life and defend it. He must be a citizen first and foremost, so that his art might consciously extol human life and lead man to a radiant future. A quote from Titan of Classical Music, Sergei Prokofiev. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.